You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Okay, so I started out the other night. I'm going to do this in the second service. There's a little boy named Chad, and he's in a teacher's class named Miss Lyons, and they're teaching on evolution. And she says, Chad, can you go outside the door, and can you see the grass and report back? He says, yeah, I see the grass. Can you see a tree? I see the tree. Can you see the sky? Chad goes, yes, class, I can see the sky. Well, can you see God? No, I don't see God. Well, class, she says, that's because God doesn't exist. Well, little Alicia, she's seven. She's got energy. She was probably like me in school, like where you had like an IV of sugar in you at all time. You just kind of twitch every little bit. I wasn't a good kid. Come on. (laughs) I wanted to gab. I wanted to talk. You know what I mean? Don't shut me up for eight hours. Uh, It's funny. The very thing that I got in trouble for is the thing that pays me now. (laughs) Success leaves clues. (laughs) Flunked out of Bible college. I said I cuss too much. Now those people come and pay to hear me speak. God will choose some weak things. I'm only up here because I'm weak and unqualified. But I tapped into a God that can qualify the unqualified and turn weakness to strength. Alicia stands up and goes, I got questions for Chad. And the teacher's like, okay, Alicia. And he goes, Chad, are you sure you saw the grass? Yeah, I saw the grass. Are you sure you saw the tree? Yeah, I saw the tree. Are you sure you saw the sky? Yeah. Okay, can you come in here? Do you see Mrs. Lyons? Yes, Alicia, I see Mrs. Lyons. Well, do you see her brain? No, I don't see her brain. Well, class, then according to evolution, Mrs. Lyons does not have a brain. <laughs> How many know that everything that you see is not all there is? Hebrews chapter 11, 32, 34 says, What more should I say? Time would tell to fa- tell, uh, fail to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. Through faith, someone say through faith. They conquered kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained what was promised. Ooh, that's powerful. Stopped the mouth of lions. Come on, that's powerful. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of a sword. Their weaknesses were turned to strength. Someone say, by faith. Say it like you got juice. Someone say, by faith. My weaknesses. Nudge the person next to you. Say, your weaknesses. And you got a lot of them. are being turned to strength. And it says they became powerful in battle. What I love about it is none of these people that we call heroes started out this way. When God found them, they were shaky, they were weak. Their weakness dominated their greatness. If you're not careful, you'll let people around you that will validate your weakness and it will talk you out of the greatness that God's putting in you. But God brought someone, either brought a prophet or a circumstance, a burning bush, or he came to them himself, and he called out of them what they did not know was there. I think as you're in this place of 2022, God's placing a new demand on your potential because promise is made concerning your life. The very fact that you're breathing, it's evidence God knows the earth needs something that's still inside you that you've yet to give. Think about that. The person you're sitting next to is so necessary. 
there's an irritating urge in all of us that we can become more, we can be more, we can contribute more, we can give more. And I believe God's placing demands on that to say, you can't sit, don't settle, don't get too comfortable, don't arrange your faith around your comfort, don't worship success because faith isn't measured by success, it's measured by faithfulness. Let me say this again. Faith will give birth to success, but it's not to be worshipped. Come on. Let me why in the Western world, I've spoken 46 countries. In the Western world, we worship success and we think faith equals success. God's not just looking for people to get things. He's looking for people to become things so they can deposit things and make a difference. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that is real, real good. Jesus said, all things are possible to the person who believes. Things that are impossible with men are possible with God. He said in John eleven forty, when his friend Lazarus, they'd go have Thanksgiving together. They were buddies. He was rich. And he would go hang out at his house. He died. He's dead. And his sisters are freaking out. Jesus said, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Then in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, 23, he says, Jesus said, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Faith can change things. Faith brings miracles. He said to Bartimaeus, your faith made you well. The woman, the issue of blood, what Matt just talked about, your faith made you well. Over and over and over said, your faith. He didn't say my power, even though it was. Your faith made you well. Read the Bible for yourself. Faith brings miracles. It changes financial things. He told Peter to launch out in the deep and experience fishermen, third generation fisher business owner. Come on. I love that about Jesus. He did not choose the choir members to be his disciples. He chose 12 business owners because he needed people who had guts to bet on themselves. Just Bible study. Come on, watch how powerful. Think about that. He could have gone after the Pharisees, the Sadducees. I like to call them the wooden seas and couldn't seas. They were so blinded by their religion they couldn't see God in front of them. They had information but not revelation. Come on. Eyes that, see, eyes that look are common. Eyes that see are rare. Thank God you're in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can open your eyes so you can see Jesus. Because when you see Jesus, things change for your life. But it's powerful. He says these very words. He says, if you'll believe, you can see the glory of God. Then he goes on to say, have the faith of God. How necessary right now is faith? Because faith can change your financial side. He told Isaac to sow seed in a famine. And he would, and he would prosper. He would be blessed. If he left where he was to try to go somewhere where it was less, e more easy, God says, I ain't going with you. He gives him a word and he reaps a hundredfold and he's envied. Faith can change your finances. It can change your family. The boy, there's a boy at name in Luke chapter 7. He dies. The mother's carrying him out in the funeral procession. She keeps the coffin open. You're not supposed to do that ceremonially. And it's like unclean, dirty. She could be punished for it. But she was saying, until my son is in the ground, I'm not going to shut the door to the God factor. And since the Bible says Jesus only did what he saw the father do, Jesus was going somewhere else, and the father redirected his route because he found somebody in another town that had faith. Jesus was willing to walk a bunch of miles to make sure she connected and reattached family members that were disconnected. Let me tell you something. Many of you in here, you have family members or family situations that are disconnected. Don't close the door to the God factor. Don't write them off because they've been strung out. Don't write them off because they've been a mess. God, if you'll use your faith, he can change that thing. 
Faith can bring healing to your body. Come on. Faith changes everything. What I love about faith is how do I get this faith to work for me? Because when Jesus comes back, he's not looking for people who just believe. The devil doesn't even care, to be honest with you, if you come to church. He does not care if you sing songs. One thing he's after in your life, and that is your faith. It is a fight for faith. Every fight that you go through, the enemy's trying to steal your faith in God's word. Come on, somebody. Because faith only comes. His attack is over the word. Because if he can steal the word from you, he can plunder your finances. He can plunder your kids. He can plunder your mind. He can torment your soul. His only attack is after your faith. People always say, oh, I'm fighting the devil. I'm fighting. Why are you fighting him? Jesus already whooped him. I want to say that. I want to change your thinking a little bit. Because you're more devil conscious than you are God conscious. Don't live with a mentality that you got a big devil and a small God. Well, hey, Jesus did not live reactive to the devil. He lived responded to the Father. He only responded to the voice of God, not the voice of the devil. Whenever he encountered a devil, he cast it out, not negotiated. Maybe a little cautious there. Maybe go slow. We'll go a little slower. The attack on my life and your life is to steal the word of God out of you so you abandon, you forfeit, or you lose your faith. Here's a diagnosis. See, God's not a healer. Oh, there's, there, there's, there's lack in this area. See, God's not a provider. I want to also prophesy this really, really quick. You're about over the next seven days, the people that are under the sound of my voice, I prophesy this to you. You're about to have supply that's going to happen over the next seven days. Supply is going to come in the form of relationships, contracts. I feel that under the anointing here for a minute. That spirit of God, I feel like Jesus on me. I'm going to tell this to you, I prophesy this to you. You're about to have supply where there's nothing, and God supernaturally these never six, seven days. You're about to see things begin to happen. It'll come through conversations, different things, but things are about to happen to you. Do not be nervous about what you see because don't let what you see talk you out of what God said. He's your provider before there was an ever problem. God's about to embarrass Russia, and he's about to expose something you're not aware of. But don't get caught in that war. Hold on to your your faith, because your faith is in him. Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Give Jesus a clap. Give Jesus a clap. He gets all the credit. We're nothing apart from Jesus. I'm proud to say his name. Aren't you nervous when you go speak at all the motivational, the new age things? Aren't you nervous that you got to hide? Hell no. Heaven, yes. I got a preface. Come on, give me grace. Uh, come on. A faith that works for you, number one, it believes. Jesus said in Matthew 8, 13, the centurion's servant, come heal my son. He said, just speak a word. And he says, go your way. As you have believed, let it come into existence. Beliefs are the guiding force of your life. The only future you have is the one you believe in. Beliefs determine the generosity of your time, your talent, your energy. If you believe you're going to get great things today, I bet you came with expectation. If you believe like, oh, I'm just doing church, I'm clocking in. Come on, somebody. Probably shouldn't expect a whole lot. Probably you're not going to leave with a whole lot. Come on. You have a do not disturb sign on the door of your heart. Hey, come on. The beliefs that you have in your life, they conform you to what is or they transform you. 
What is the belief that holds you back the most? What's the one that sabotages you? Because you don't get what you want, you get what you believe. Jesus said over and over to a blind man, Matthew 9, 27, 29, he said, I know you're blind. He didn't ask them what they needed. He asked them what they believed. What do you believe? Do you believe I'm able to do this? Isn't that powerful? He he wasn't attached to the need. He was attached to somebody's faith. Watch how powerful. I'm going to slowly work this in there for a minute. According to the way you believe, let it receive. A friend of mine, he's a pastor down in uh, Houston, Texas, and he has a woman that's over his children's department, and she would always come in every year. After 10 years of having unsuccessful attempts trying to have a child, one day in the middle of a planning meeting, she goes, you know, we're going to have to have somebody come in and, you know, my leave of absence because when I have my child, I'm going to have to take some time off to be a mom. The pastor was like, I don't even know she was pregnant. Maybe she's not. You know, maybe ask the people afterwards. So he asked some of the staff, no, she's not pregnant. She just started talking like she is. And so this went on and on. Every six months, they would do a planning meeting. Well, when I have my children, I'm going to have a child, then I'm going to have to have time off. Well, this went on and on two years, three years, four years. She went from believing to expecting. Your life changes when you go from believing to expecting. When there's an anticipation, great leaders anticipate. You know what I'm talking about, Mark Leposky. Great leaders, they anticipate. Why? Not just what the current need is. If you're a business owner, it's not just what the current need is. You anticipate what people are going to need. So you stay ahead of the curve. You have a forecast, not just where people are that locks them into their need, but you anticipate where they're going to go because then you can get them to buy into the future of their emotion. And people don't buy a product. It's impersonal. People buy emotion because it changes the way they feel. Why would you buy a Nixon or a Rolex. Both have five letters. One pay for 300 bucks, the other one $42,000. Same piece of metal, it's just different wording on the thing. Why? Because when people buy something, they buy emotion. Watch how powerful it is. Why? There's an, there's an excitement. If I buy that, then it means I, I get status. I get, I get whatever. This is a really good thought. Watch. She just kept saying, she goes, well, when I have my child, when I have my child, Year after year, people are like, hey, you know, you're, you're in your 50s now. You can't probably have children. She went and says, well, i got to double down a little bit. So she went and built a little room in the side of her house, and she made it a little place for her baby she was going to have by faith. What are you preparing for by faith? God didn't tell Noah to pray him a boat. He didn't tell him to speak him a boat. He said, prepare me and build me a freaking boat. What are you preparing for that's still unseen? Because faith lives from the invisible towards the visible. Faith lives from the unseen to the seen. This is how you know your mind is actually getting renewed by God's word. Then what looks impossible starts to become logical. It's a really good thought. When God's word becomes your idea of reality, after 20-something years, this woman gave birth to twins at 50 years of age. And everyone said, well, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Medical science, she refused to let go of her faith. Where have you left your faith? What have you lost it to? Where is it at? If we were to give a, if you were to give a count of it, if it was to be measured in a courtroom, is there enough evidence to convict you of having faith over the last 30 days? You okay? Come on, everybody smiles. All right, it's all good. I'm going to press a little couple of buttons. It's going to help your life grow. A faith that believes, but more important now, a faith that receives. And I want to say this because we're event conscious in Western America. But God wants your faith to work for you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourself, do a diagnostic, and see if you actually have faith. It's powerful scripture. 
Because a faith that receives, how do I lay hold? How do I receive of what God really has for me, where his promises become a reality? And I've, I've learned this about, it's aggressive. Faith is not just passive, like, well, we'll see if the Lord's in a good mood. If I could convince him with a big offering. Come on, somebody. If I can manipulate him with a really long prayer. Come on. It's amazing how many people pray and they try to talk God into what he's already decided to do for them. I know you're a healer. Duh, he was a healer before you were sick. I know you a provider. Come on, he was a provider before you were on the planet. People are like, come on, try to talk him in. But faith is aggressive by nature. It lays hold and seizes something. This is where I want to go here for a minute. Faith thinks aggressively. Jesus taught this. He said in Luke 14, he says, if you're going to build something, count the cost. Have some insight and foresight and think through. How many of us, our faith life would really go to a whole nother level if we took charge of the way we think and we directed our mind rather than the environment control our mind? Or whatever pops in your head, direct your mind. Scripture says, Proverbs 23, 19, guide your mind in the course of faith. This is going to be powerful. Watch. Thinking is simply asking and answering questions. Most people ask themselves really bad questions and they get really bad answers. Why can I not lose the weight? Come on, somebody. Why does that person love me? Why don't they notice me so I could go up there by that guy, Miguel, the good singer, and I could be on the worship team? Probably, Jack, because you come once a month and you freaking sit in the back. How can you be valuable when you ain't visible? Smile, it's all good. Why won't they show me love? Why can't I get a date? Come on, somebody. Why won't this happen? Why? How many know if you ask yourself bad questions, Jesus said, what you ask, you will receive. What if we changed one question and it shifted and flipped the focus of your life, changed the feeling of your life, changed how you show up on a daily basis? One question that you decide to own. What if you ask, rather than how can I get love, how can I give love? That would make you so much more valuable, so much more powerful, so much more fruitful, so much more of a difference maker everywhere you go. That no matter what's going on, not how can I get love from you? How can I give love from you? How many know it takes me out of my insecurity, takes me out of my fear? Because now I'm not looking, am I enough to get something? Am I less than? Am I more than? All of a sudden I'm looking at how can I show love? And every person in here, if you're a born-again person, that means Jesus lives in your heart. You have a spirit of love on the inside. In fact, that's the only way your faith ever going to work. Faith works by love. This is good, huh? What do you better say? How can I get out of debt rather than why am I in so much debt? How can I make a difference rather than, man, I sure hope somebody would notice me. How can I light them up? How can I inspire them? How can I change them? How can I serve? Hey, you no know, better question opens you up to an expanded life where you're more fruitful, you're more faithful. One flipping question away from changing your focus and feeling. You can break depression off your life in a moment. Anybody buying in this for a minute? What if your question always, how much you, how many know we would all show up so much better in our intimate relationships? How could I light them up? Let's just go there for a minute from the relationship side because you got to love aggressively, so let's just use that in faith. What's it like to be in a relationship with you? Better question. Ooh, that's a little close to home. I like all the faith in the miracles. 
oh my gosh, I feel so inspired. But talk about my, what's it like to be in a relationship with me? Oh my gosh, I feel, oh my gosh, so insecure. Come on, all of us given experiences that one people want to have again. You change the question in your marriage, it can change things from being flat to flourishing. How can I love you? How can I forgive you? How can I honor them? Even if they don't deserve it, if you sow the seed, you can reap a harvest. It's not just who you choose to be in a relationship with. It's how you show up in the relationship. And if you're in a relationship right now, can I just give you something that can actually just change the dynamic for you? And it helps me and it shows me when I'm missing it and when I'm doing good. When I suck and when I'm succeeding. I'm not sure I'm supposed to say that on a church stage, but I did. Trade your expectations for appreciation and the suffering stops. When my expectations are so high for my wife, for my kids, for everybody in my life, for my pastors, for my friends, and the appreciation low, I suffer. They can never perform good enough for my expectation. And I am creating that suffering right there. I'm a free yo man. Come on, hey. I want a love revolution to come out of here. What if I just magnify everything that's positive and shut my mouth on everything that's negative? Well, they need to know my story. They need to see my side of it. They need to see how I perceive it. They need to know what I'm moody about and grumpy about. How many know if you could be critical and come on and could try to control your man, he's going to shut down and go numb himself somewhere else? As a man, if you let your wife or your spouse feel invisible, not valuable, that she's not special, and that you're listening to her, and that she just wants to be understood, not fixed. Oh, yeah, all the women are like, holla. How did you learn this? I messed up a relationship. Julie, my pain is my message. Watch, come on. Why do women always go to women? Because they don't try to fix each other. They could just talk like, oh my gosh, I was feeling this. And then, oh my God, can you believe that? Come on. A guy's like, I got to fix it. I got to cure it. I got to fix it. I got to cure it. And if you're in a marriage and you have a compassionate heart, I have a gift of healing on my life. Many people get healed, deafness, blindness. Had a couple people come back from dead place, true story, even Miss Universe that I prayed for. And you see that? I took on a relationship early and got married with the idea, I can cure her. So she became my project. I can't love something that is my project. This is where I missed it in my first marriage. She was a great girl. She left because of other situations in her life, and she had to go get help. But I look back at my life, and I go, there's always no failure. There's just lessons I can learn that I can grow in. And if I look at my life, I started to look at that person as a project, so then I was always grading them. If, are they living up to an expectation? How can you love someone that you're grading? And if my faith works through love, I'm showing up in a place. I'm not giving her an experience that will help her heal. I'm actually giving one that revisits her hurt. What kind of experience do you give? Come on, is it one that people want to have again? You might give certainty, but if you don't give variety and surprise, the marriage will die. Can I sit here for a minute? Are you okay? Marriages don't die for lack of love. They die for lack of intimacy. You, you feel me on this thing? So watch. What a better question. How can I show up and give love? Everybody can do that. If you believe you can do that, say yes. About half of you, the rest of you are like, I don't know if I can do that. 
I love being the victim. I got my victim story. Oh my gosh. Jesus says you want to be well? I'm not sure. What's it going to cost me? You know why victims love pity? Because it worships their pain and it keeps them locked into it. They get their identity out of their issue, not out of God. Okay, I'm going to move on real quickly. <laughs> we think aggressive. Some say think aggressive. Come on, say like you got energy. Say think aggressive. Someone say love aggressive. Someone say love begins with me. Not you. Someone say me, not you. Woo, number three, speak aggressive. The Bible says Psalm 107.20, Mark Leposky, you do this one of the, you taught me this really powerfully. Mark has these declarations that he says, I'm friends with the gentleman, and he speaks these things over his life and his family and church all the time. It's actually it's very inspiring. A couple years ago he showed me this. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord wish so, believe so, hope so. Imagine so. What does it say? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Wait, that was weak. Say so. Why? Because there's power in your mouth. Shakespeare said, my voice is my sword. You feel me on that, Kevin? Your, ability, your words have the ability to start a war or end a war. A soft answer can turn away wrath. Come on. A healing tongue can heal something. You can talk people into things or you can talk. The world can talk you into depression. They talk you into fear-related disorders. The number two leading cause of death with COVID, go look at the statistics medically, is not diabetes, not pulmonary disease, not lung disease. It's fear-related disorders from listening to so much negativity that's coming through these flipping screens, and they got it in their spirit to where they anticipated it. And they did not have another say. They bought into what somebody else was saying into their life. Come on, watch how powerful. The enemy has raised up his prophets too. They prophesy a spirit of fear. You always know the devil's talking because it will undermine your faith and get you to believe in what's temporary and what's seen over God's word. If you want to know a real prophet of God, he'll always point you back to what God said in his word because this word is settled forever in heaven. It's waiting for a voice. Hebrews 1.3. i got to teach this. Don't worry about my notes. Watch. Hebrews 1.3. It says that God upholds. Man, I just had a song come to my mind I can't repeat. It wasn't Hillsong. Things are about to change for you. Watch in the month of June. Watch in the month of June. In the month of June, something's about to happen around the 13th or 14th. What's your name? Something's going to happen for you. A new opportunity. A door's going to open for you. I was walking by you and I felt that swing open. Jesus is going to open it. Not the work of a man. Jesus is going to open it for you. And it's going to be a blessing to you. And it's going to alleviate some, some struggle. It's going to be a blessing to you. There's also somebody here, like the base of your skull, you have pain. You get pain in the, the base of your neck, right in the ba base of your neck. You, sir, just stand up. I'm going to pray for you because I care. This isn't a church show. This is not on, we're not doing anything. I won't ask you for any money. I just care. Put your hand on the back of your neck. Why? Because I grew up around a lot of people that were sick and hurting, and I hated watching people suffer. And if it draws the compassion out of you, stop waiting for somebody else to heal it. You're anointed to heal it. Your caring qualifies you to be an agent Jesus can use. 
you just catch that? Man, that could unlock your whole life where it just becomes significant. You don't even care about what you create. It's everything about you give to change somebody else's life. Lord, I pray your healing presence would flow through him. Let me actually put my hand on there. I gotta go back to speaking my message, but let me go fast. Thank you, Jesus. You told me to do something dumb. Put my hand on him and that you were gonna make him better. I believe you 100%. Thank you, Jesus. Move your neck. Look for healing. Ooh, what? you feel that? What, did, what was that? It went away? Isn't that freaking trippy? Isn't that cool? Come on, it's like, isn't it for real? That's cool, huh? Move your neck, move your neck all around. Isn't that awesome? Oh, what a cool God, that's awesome. Okay, wait, I still got something good to say, hold on. Watch, Hebrews 1, 3, well, all as of me, okay, watch. It says, God upholds, leads, and constructs all things by the word of his power, not the power of his word. If it's the power of God's word, it's only powerful when God speaks it. But if it's the word of his power, whosoever's mouth finds and gets the word inside of it, the same power that when God spoke his word now becomes active and alive and released when I speak it. Someone's got to get this. People thought it was a name it, claim it idea. No, it's not. God says he leads, he builds, he constructs all things by the word of his power. Someone's got to catch us. Hebrews 1, 3. I want to see. That means when I get a promise from God and I begin to declare that promise, angels of God begin to go create and de- perform and do that very word of God. Angels don't do your will. In fact, most angels are frustrated. Because they protect you. Aren't you glad for that, though? But they don't create for you. Psalm 103.19 says this. The angels of God, they listen for the voice of his word. When someone does not give voice to his word, angels have nothing to create. Someone's going to catch this. Why? Because you start, you just use your words to describe situations. What if you changed your words and started using your words to declare and define how you want it to be? Not saying what is, but saying what you want it to be. Come on, Psalm 112 too. The Bible says, you know, your kids will be mighty in the land. It didn't say your kids, if you delight in the word of God, your kids will be mighty in the land. Not weak in the land, not poe in the land, come on. Not struggling in the land, not bound by autoimmune diseases in the land. Not, not bound by cancer, not dying early in the land. It says, your kids. Do I, I got to believe John 3, 16. I got to believe that. Psalm 112, 2. My kids will be mighty in the land. I think every one of us has a responsibility on this earth right now. We've let a molestation happen at the hands of the church. Molestation. When I don't tell my kids or the kids I come in contact is who they are and who God sees them to being and who they can dream, what they can love, what they can achieve, I release them into the hands of society that will put their hands on them and their voices on them and they'll tell them what they're not because we never told them what they are. We're mounting up. We're freaking mounting up. Every one of us, every one of us in this room, if you call yourself a God person, come on. If that's you, say I. Someone say me. Slap the person next to you. Say that is you. 
You're a believer, not a doubter. Watch this. Watch. We have a responsibility. Every we see our kids, you're a world shaker. God's for you. The favor of God's on your life. Come on, your health is yours. God thinks this about you. You're going to be strong. You're going to be mighty in the land. The enemy's not going to outwit you. He ain't going to cheat you. Every one of us has got to rise up if we're going to fight for this next generation. We got a small window of our time. Don't get locked into 86,400 seconds on your time clock that we don't miss our moment in history. David already had his. He actually rebuked himself. He said, I believed negative and I spoke how afflicted I was. Therefore, he stayed afflicted. Psalm 116. But when he's changed, he says, what will I declare for all the Lord's goodness? Everything in his life changed. Imagine if you started using your words to actually change the atmosphere over your home. My wife, she's a powerhouse. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. My husband, he's a world shaker. He's busting his butt. There's wisdom on him. You powerhouse. Come on. Well, I don't really believe in that. I've been so disappointed. I went through a divorce in 1996. Isn't that like 26 years? Yeah, but you don't know. They said hurtful words, and now I'm just bound up. Why don't you do the Bible says, Proverbs 12, 6, open your mouth and deliver your own self. Watch, there's power. Psalm 91 says this, verse 2, I will say of the Lord. What will you say of the Lord this week? I was feeling a little bit down after traveling a bunch in early January, and I was just on, I was on like overload. Like right now, this is about my 14th speech, I think in about like 10 days. Come on, I'm going to get a day off tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Half a day off. It's going to be good. But I remember the Lord said, what are you going to say about me? And I wanted to go retire and watch ESPN, sit there and kind of feel moody. You know what I mean? You ever feel that way? Don't act. Oh, maybe you're too holy. Maybe I, you got your way past that. Sorry, I'm just working it all out. And so I felt like God said, what are you going to say about me? I picked up my Bible and started going, I will say of you, you're my healer. You're my victory. You're my peace. You're my shield. Your favor's on my life. Your favor makes it not fair. You're my provider. You're the God that opens doors that no man can shut. You're the God that takes pleasure when I prosper. You're the God that pleasures when I prosper. Get that? Psalm 35, 27. You should be saying that over your house every day. God gets glory. Don't rob him of his glory because you're pulling your head. Poverty isn't a circumstance. It's a mentality. Let's evict that thing. Psalm 35, 7. How are you going to get away from that? God takes pleasure when you prosper. <laughs> Prosperity isn't just money. Come on. It's entrustment. How much can God trust you with? You want a stronger relationship with God? God, I want to be a person you can trust. I want you to trust me with people. I want you to trust me with caring for people. Trust me with resources that I can use them for good. Come on. Trust me. I want to be a person, a man, a woman you can trust. Give aggressively. There's a guy who's a really, really cool story recently, and I thought it was, I wrote it in my notes because I thought it was good. Louis Anderson, you know the actor? You know, he's got a, he was an actor just passed a couple weeks ago, but he was trying to get his career off the ground. He was in the middle of the Midwest, and he was in a little diner, and Eddie Murphy walked in with his entourage. Eddie was blowing up at that time. He did Raw. He had some big movies under his belt as, you know, his comedy skits. And he walked in, and he goes, or Louis goes, 
man, that'd be the coolest thing to one day, you know, have a great career like that. He says, I got to find a way. And I don't think he was a believer. He goes, I got to find a way to invest in it. So he went to the manager and said, can I pay for that guy's meal? I'm sure everyone pays for his meal wherever he goes. But I, I just like, I want to, I got to do something. I don't want to leave an opportunity leave. I want to put some value on it. And so he didn't, he just left. Didn't say nothing to Eddie, nothing. The next day he gets a call and it's Eddie Murphy. Eddie's like, are you, are you the guy that paid for my meal? He goes, I wasn't trying to be known. I didn't want to be recognized. He goes, I am. He goes, you probably get that all the time. He goes, do you know that you're the very first person ever in my whole entire life that's ever paid for my meal? And he goes, listen, I got a small little movie do I'm doing. It's called Coming to America. And I actually have a little part I think I could create for you. Would you be interested? Sometimes when you release giving aggressively and you look for ways to be generous, as Pastor Michaela taught us, the generous soul will get. Hey, come on, I'm almost done. I got to go fast because I'm 41 minutes or 41 seconds over, not minutes. I got to say this though because it's worth it. Can you handle it? Two minutes? You'll still get three minutes? Sorry. So a couple weeks ago, I want to say this, pray aggressively. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man avails much. You want much to come into your life? Ask for much. It might come in a moment. It might come gradually. And God will build you the kind of person that can handle the much. But let's see because keep asking. A couple weeks ago, I got a call. Or I just got finished a business meeting. And I sat there on top of my stairs and I started praying in tongues, calling for like 10 seconds. You go, you do that? I absolutely do because my spirit knows things in my head don't. Listen, if it's good enough for the early disciples, it's good enough for me. If it's in the Bible, I'm not going to let some teacher that wants to talk you out of all the miracles. By the way, if miracles don't happen today, I do yourself a favor. Go grab your Bible and cut out every miracle that's in the Bible. And then you can see what you're left with and see if that works for you. So I did it. I prayed and a song came in my head. Georgia, Georgia, I got Georgia on my mind. Come on, anybody know that song? Come on, little Ray Charles, come on, hey. I'm like, I don't know why that came in mind. All of a sudden I looked down, there was an NFL player who called me from the East Coast. And so I'm like, oh, I'll pick it up and I'm just gonna mess with him a little bit because he always messes with me, he always has funny jokes. He's an offensive lineman. He always tells me funny jokes. So I go, I picked, he picked up the phone, I go, Georgia, Georgia, I got Georgia on my mind. I was expecting that kid to like, you know, pop off and say something to me. And he goes, why are you saying that? I go, I just had this idea come in my mind when I was praying. He goes, it's the craziest thing. I had to take a late night meeting and I'm crossing the Georgia line to go into Georgia right now. And I looked down at my watch, it was nine o'clock Pacific time. That means it's 12 o'clock East Coast, that means a new day. So I'm like, oh, God's in this call, let's just talk. So we had small, like just talk for a second. And I went downstairs and I asked him about an entertainer friend of ours, very, very well-known man. He's been on TV and movies for about, maybe about 50 something years. And I go, hey, did he ever open his heart to the gospel? Because he was the guy you wanted at your party. I promise you, the best guy ever. But he was anti-Jesus all the way, like on purpose. And I go, man, did he ever open his heart? And he goes, no. I go, are you okay with me just praying for a second? And he goes, yeah, go ahead. So this is my prayer, and I encourage you to be able to pray over your family and children and your friends. I said, Jesus, in your name, I break Satan's power, and I named his name. And I said, I thank you that he will not leave this planet until he's born again. I thank you that you honor the prayer of the righteous, and in your name, I thank you that it's done. Amen. That was it. Went back to just talking, did my thing. Well, the next morning I got up, and I was down in the kitchen, and all of a sudden I heard in my heart going, your prayers made a difference. I just felt that in my heart. 
but I had no sign of it. Within 10 minutes, I got a call, and it was all over TMZ, all over CNN, you, all of them, you know, Fox, whatever. I heard all of it. So-and-so died that I just prayed for. And I said to the guy, I go, you got to find out. I go, you got to find out when he died. It was between 11 and 15 minutes of when I prayed. And I'm like, oh, snap. I go, man, because I'm thinking maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe he went to hell, because hell's a real place where there's torment forever. That's a real place. You don't want to go there. I promise you, you don't want to go there. I'm not a hellfire preacher, but that's a real place. Don't let secularism talk you out of this reality. There is a heaven and there is a hell. It's easy to get to heaven. Come on, and it's easy to get to hell. So I just went on my week. I got done speaking for a company, and I was at a car wash, and I got a call from a man that's a speaker. He's a minister on the East Coast, an older man. I talked to you for a little bit. And he called and goes, I had to call you today and tell you something that the Lord told me your prayers made a difference for an old man you prayed for a couple days ago. I go, what happened? He goes, I woke up this morning and I saw a vision and Jesus was about six feet off the ground in front of that man. There's an older gentleman you prayed for, right? I go, yeah. He's in his late 80s. In his 80s. He opened up his shirt, his cloak, Jesus did, and says, do you want me? And the man said, yes, I want you. I called to tell you today, the man that you prayed for, you might not have thought something was going to happen. The man's in heaven today and your prayers made a difference. God said your prayers made Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Come on. I don't got time to continue on the whole message. Come on. Give the Lord a big old clap. Just lift your hands. Try this. You try other things. I'm over, so I'm going to finish. But lift your hands for a minute. Lift your hands to Jesus. Lift your hands to God. Say, Lord, I receive your love right now. I thank you that your love is healing me, changing me, renewing me. Renew my faith. I make the choice. You make the change. I thank you for the cross. I thank you, Jesus, for taking my shame and taking my sin and defeating it so I don't have to bear the consequences. I receive your forgiveness and your cleansing power and your healing presence. Oh, you're going to feel this in your body, in my body. Say in my body. Now watch, real soft, real soft behind me. Just the the keys, just for a second. Sorry, guys, just the keys, keys for a second. Lord, I pray your healing presence would flow through people's mortal bodies right now. There's someone, the nerves on the outside of your foot are being healed. There's someone where a crown, the crown inside of your mouth has chipped off or broken off and there's really, really bad pain. The Lord is going into there and removing the bacteria that's built up. You're going to feel alleviation. It's in the lower side. The Lord, my left. Lord, I thank you for bringing healing into that area right now. Also, I thank you, Lord, somebody with cancer is being healed today, and someone's had a tough time hearing. I thank you that in the left ear, your left ear is being unstopped today. I command that ear to open. 
Lord, I thank you for bringing healing to people right now. Someone that was raped when you were about 13 years of age, and there's, you're not going to have you come forward or lift your hand, but the Lord is like an etch-a-sketch. He's going to etch-a-sketch the memory of that, and he's going to take away the torment that's come every night that you've had those tormenting dreams, and you said, can I ever escape this? You've gone to psychiatrists, two of them, in, the, in different places too. They're not in the same area. And the Lord is bringing healing to you today. He's cleansing that off you, and he's going to remove that reproach. You're going to feel like a free woman. There's two people here with eating disorders that God wants to set you free today. One of them is a woman. One of them is a man. You were shamed for your size as the man. You were, you, they would call it, you were shamed in your body when you were younger, and you felt like you never were enough. And it's created such a friction in your own heart that you hate yourself. You don't like yourself. And today, the spirit of love, the spirit of Jesus, is breaking that off of your life and your heart and your mind today. And God is going to let you see yourself with brand new eyes, and it's going to bring a change in your biochemistry of your mortal body. Give you. I feel that, man. I feel that really strong. How many of you just feel better in your body physically right now as I'm praying? Anybody feel healing in their body? Wave, your, wave at me. Wave at me. What happened to you, sir? Real quickly. I'm eight minutes over. Just quick. Healing and prostate. What did you feel go through you? The presence of God. Awesome. Somebody else quickly. So who's waving your hand? Who's got touch? Yes. Right shoulder being healed last service. What happened? Was there a lot of pain there before? What couldn't you do with pain? Shoot it right up. Give the devil a heart attack. No pain? Awesome. Yes. Your left ear. Come on, has it been partially deaf? Run down here like the price is right. You'll give me one more minute. Help her down. Some of the ushers, help her. She's beautiful. Give this powerful woman. Okay. Come on, this is awesome. Your left ear's been blocked for how long? You're a really good woman, by the way. You're a, I can feel it. And you've been through some things, too. Yeah. I saw something happen in your 20s. Really, really painful. Yeah, about 22. Yeah, it happened in the month of October where it's extreme. This is cool. You want to step into this world? It's real. This is where we slap the devil upside the head. Jesus conquered it, but we can take stuff back. And if you help somebody else take stuff back, then you can take stuff back too. Some of you, man, sometimes it's like waking up in the middle of the night with too much blankets on and you're all like, you know what I mean, tormented in your bed. You're like, get off me. Come on, get off me. Start kicking those sheets off. Some of you are going to get like, wait, devil, get off my mind. Get off my family. Get off my money. Get off my life. Get off my family. Get off my neighbors. Get off my country. Get the freak off my city. By the blessing of the upright, my city is exalted. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for touching her ear. You're going to feel a really strong warmth. And also, there's a woman's ovarian area. I'm not going to have you come, but there's a woman's ovarian area right now that, and you're not, this is undiagnosed, but you're going to know that God's healing you. You're going to feel a really searing, strong heat go through those areas. There's little bumps on your ovarian area, and Jesus is healing that right now. You're going to feel that go one, two, three, boom, go through that person, Jesus. You're going to feel that through your body. Endometriosis goes from people in here, too. I thank you, Jesus. 
what just happened to that here and everything? I can hear out of it. I haven't been able to for a while. It's been off and on, blocked all my life. All your life? Every time I get Come up here. I want everyone to see this online because it's the end. Okay, what? Okay, watch. How cool. We've never talked about this either. No, okay, never. cool. All right. I like to say that because there's always the skeptic. I bet that they planned this on Facebook. Who's that? That's all nodding. I like that person. He's your powerful husband. You're a good man. Look at you got the whole tribe. I love the the familia. And you got a great haircut. That's why you're so wise. I, you got a great haircut. Bueno pelón, yeah, you know. You're gonna do something really good in business, young man. Your parents' prayers are positioned you. Something's about to happen and spring forth. He's going to get you prepared, and there's gonna, he's going to cut some things away from you because where you're going to go in the fall. Things are going to unfold for you in the fall, around the August. They're going to unfold for you. Your, prayer, your parents have been praying. Things are about to shift and break loose in your life, and you're just going to shed some things, but also you're going to gain some things, and God's going to accelerate your path. You're going to be mighty. Not, you're going to be average in the land, mediocre in the land. You're going to be mighty in the land. When you look in that mirror, say, Jesus says I'm mighty in the land. That's cool. Yeah? You feel that go through you? You feel that warmth go through your chest when I'm saying those words? Yeah. For real, I ain't just, yeah, I ain't just spitting words. What just happened? Warmth all over my body right now. It's gone. Go have a great lunch with your family. Wow. Okay, can you, just one second, just one second. Come on, wait, wait. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to wait to see what he says. For real, you get, when you get close to him, he starts to trust you. I always just pray for certain things. Someone with a brain injury, it's almost like you've had like a mini stroke and you feel like things are really, really foggy. Where are you? Raise your hand. Somebody like, maybe it wasn't diagnosed with stroke, but you feel very foggy in your brain. We're up at the top. Is that, is that right hand? Okay, okay, can you, come, can you come down right there to the side, my love? Can you help her, somebody? Because we have such loving people in here. You know what I love about our church and our pastors, Jurgen Matesius and Leanne Matesius? is that it's easy for people to get up here and talk about God, but to give us the opportunity where we can experience Jesus. Jesus said in his own words, eternal life is experiencing God, not going to church. You too, just put your hand on her shoulder right there. Jesus, I thank you for opening the neurons of her brain, her cognitive function. I command supernaturally a divine reversal, not by my not by the will of man, but by Jesus' loving presence flow through your, you're going to feel a warmth on the right-hand side. One, two, three, go through the right-hand side of your brain. Right above your glasses, you're going to feel a, a warmth there. Move your neck too. Things are going to become very clear, and you're not going to feel very underneath. You, you felt like uh, oppression against you for a, for a couple years where it's been heavy. I see it, but God's pulling you out of hibernation. He's giving you revelation to pull you out of your hibernation. That's a good little line right there. Jesus, thank you for healing flowing into her. Start talking to your friend while I pray for this one, then I'm going to finish with it. Oh, like I said. Hi, beautiful. How are you? 
I hope that I, one thing I do good, I don't do a lot of stuff good, but I hope that I can model that if I can do this, you can do this. I have a lot of weakness that God's still turning to strength, but I put myself on the line for other people. I could hide behind business strategy skill. I could hide behind an anointing to speak, but I refuse to do it because a world doesn't know how much we care until we show them we care. They don't care about our words. And every one of us, every one of us, doesn't have to be crazy. I, I take a lot of shots. Matt will tell you, I could be in the middle of a restaurant, I'll throw someone's walker. And it works. It's happened. It's happened. I told the story in the first service. Hugh Hefner's girlfriend called me and power of God hit her on Rodeo Drive and they started weeping and bawling and gotten healed. Why not? Everyone needs Jesus. <laughs> And when they touch him and his love, he's irresistible. You can't deny it because you were made for love. Watch how cool this is. Your brain, oh my goodness. Watch this wild. This would be really wild. And you want to know something? This is something I've been praying for for a year and a half. I wrote it down. I wanted to see people that had brain injuries and hard times with addictions in their brain. I've been believing God would do it. And three weeks ago, Ben and I were speaking somewhere and a man with dementia that could not talk. Well, I prayed, he lifted up his head and goes, baby, I got my cognitive mind back. A man that could not talk, head all the way drooped down, 71 years old, Jesus did it, not Rex. Jesus did it. But if I would have just watched the man be in pain, he would still be that way today. Let's not be watchers of people in pain. Let's help people. Giving hope, giving healing, love. Watch how cool. One, two, three, boom. Just open. Isn't that trippy? What'd you feel go through you? What'd you feel, love? What'd you just feel? Explain it. <laughs> loose. <laughs> Something loose. Loosened. These last three years have been really heavy on you. Yeah. Personal life and your health. Your thyroid, everything being touched today. He's behind you. If Sometimes it's just okay to take you. He's got you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. It's not a falling game. We're into the healing thing, not the falling thing. But you know what? Sometimes when you go to a doctor, they put you under anesthesia so you can get well. Okay. Is that you? Is that? No, no, no. Jesus did that on occasion. He spoke and all the soldiers fell down. Happened to Ezekiel. Happened to John in the book of Revelation. He fell down. God's presence was more than he could handle. I think that's going to happen when we all go to heaven. <laughs> Everyone, just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. And I want you just to pray for them for 15 seconds. And I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Matt. I want you to pray for them like you care. Because that's what we do. We pray. Miracles will happen right now. There's miracles can flow through you. No one of us are the big idea. Jesus is the great one. Lord, that healing flow, I pray. Lord, emotional healing, I pray, would happen in people's minds and hearts. Healing in people's bodies. I pray that debts would be canceled, I pray. I pray you'd open up avenues of revenue, business ideas, ingenuity, I pray. Opportunity, divine connections, I pray, would flow.
Come on, if you can handle five more seconds. Jesus, come on. Lord, let your love heal our families. Let your love bring kids home. Let your love, I pray. I pray as a church that this would be a place that lost kids are all they're found. I pray that God, I pray, I pray that lost children, kids would be universities and high schools and junior highs, I pray would be just infiltrated with the presence of God. I pray our schools, that Lord, I pray you'd use our prayers today. I pray to bring healing into our schools. We bless our city. We bless our county. We bless the state of California. We bless our nation. Thank you for turning things around in our nation. Thank you for turning things around in our nation. Thank you for turning things around in our country and bringing to naught and thwarting the plans of the enemy. We declare they'll not succeed, but we declare that, Lord, you're the glory, the lifter of our head, and that you will lift this country again by the power of the Spirit of God. Thank you for lifting our families, our health. Lord, I'm changing our lives in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.